And it is about that time for Ready, Set, Real Estate, OMG, you all. I am so fired up, especially because I had a phenomenal and powerful trip in Atlanta at the Generational Wealth Building Conference, and that was a success. The youth were showered and poured into real with real estate literacy by yours truly and today we continue on bringing phenomenal people with phenomenal stories as part of this real estate web of a world so i want to first thank our sponsor i want to thank our sponsor Thelonious c jones author and real estate investor of what the real estate gurus don't tell you. And you can check him out at gurusdonttellyou.com. What the real estate gurus don't tell you and support your local authors. I actually had a chance to meet him in person. We were building online for the last year and a half and support the people that support you. I appreciate Thelonious, Theo, thank you, thank you, thank you again for making this show possible and allowing us to do what we do. So check him out at gurusdonttellyou.com. I welcome my guest and he is on the phone today and this is going to be so exciting. Timothy Campbell, reverse mortgage specialist. Tim, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm just fine. Thanks so much, Lisa. I really appreciate the opportunity of uh, coming on to your show. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you're on with us. So I'm going to let people know that Tim is on the line today. And so this is going to be the fun part of the show is that for those of you who are tuning in on the radio podcast, it's being able to connect with those who are all over the world. And I'm so excited about this because Tim, although we're online, he's actually local here in Cali. And I will let him share a little bit more about himself and what he does, how he got started and how you can get connected with him. Again, this is so exciting because Tim, believe it or not, people always talk about reverse mortgages in a negative kind of way. So I am so happy that we have a specialist on the on the line to kind of maybe debunk some of those misconceptions because I think knowledge is power and application is wisdom is what I like to say. Right, right. Well, thank you. Um, reverse mortgages are, first off, they're, they're officially called HECM, ah. Home Equity Conversion Mortgage. And it's a government program. It's an FHA program, the HECM reverse mortgage. There are other reverse mortgages that have uh, products that have come out since the uh, since the original uh, reverse mortgage done through the government. And just a little history on it: it was uh, signed into law I think back in 1987 under Ronald Reagan. But they have gained popularity 
last 10 years or so uh, with the number of baby boomers that are retiring. You have to be 62 years old in order to qualify for one. And uh, just some, I, I, I hate to just show up and throw up, uh, give it a whole bunch of statistics, but there are some, the, part of the reason this popularity, they gain popularity is because uh, there are approximately 10,000 people that turn 65 every single day in America. Every single day, right. I just want to reiterate that for those who really, let's digest this. There are 10,000 people who turn 65 every single day. Okay, I'm listening. You got my attention. That's according to the U.S. Census. That's just, that's just the number that I'm uh, coming up with. That's according to them. Right. And of people that are 65 years or older, uh, one quarter of all seniors, 65 people 65 years or, old, or older, rely solely on Social Security for their income. Mm -hmm. That means 90% of these people who are turning 65, excuse me, 25% of these people that are turning 65 every single day, 90% of their income is from Social Security. Mm -hmm. Another interesting statistic, when Social Security uh, came out, or back in the 1960s, there were 16 uh, Americans employed to support every one person on Social Security. Today, that number has shrunk down to three. So for every one person on Social Security, there are only three people paying in to support that uh, Social Security. And with that happening, there were people that could not make ends meet, but they did have homes. Mm -hmm. And since 2008, the crash of 2008, uh, there have been trillions of dollars in equity gain. Mm. So rather than just having that equity sit there, uh, they came up with a, with a reverse mortgage or a HECM. And to think about a reverse mortgage is it is the opposite of a forward mortgage. Most people, when you buy a home, uh, you, you buy a home and you, as you pay, the balance goes down. Well, this is just the opposite. As, after... Um, Every month that you take money, and there's several ways to access your, your equity, the equity in the home, okay. uh, it, it goes the opposite direction. That's the best way that I can explain it. Okay. So it's kind of tough to get your head around, but it's the opposite of a forward, forward mortgage. Right. I think it's so funny when I, when I hear forward mortgages, because that's something from my end I deal with. Right. Forward right. mortgages, or I call them, is it, is it okay to call it a standard mortgage? I don't know. I was for the for the for the caption of the show I was referring referring it to as a standard mortgage i was saying reverse mortgage versus standard mortgage but you're calling it a forward mortgage which i think makes a little bit more sense when we're comparing it to a re reverse mortgage correct right correct. so tell us a little bit about where you're from and i know you from uh, actually tim and i connected because i had an opportunity potentially to um uh, purchase a property. Tim is an investor. And so offline, we were talking about investing in your community and and what that means. And uh, Tim, I'd like for people to just kind of hear that aspect of your story and, and what you do in terms of your business. Sure. Yeah, I grew up in uh, good old South Central Los Angeles, went to elementary school here, uh, junior high, high school, went to Cal State North. Northridge, graduated from Cal State Northridge, and thought that it looked real cool to 
travel and work for a big company. I, I worked for IBM and 3M and got there and hated it. Mm. And uh, had friends that were uh, uh, involved in real estate and were earning good livings, were earning good living uh, doing that. And I decided to become a loan officer. And that was back in 1986. And, the, and, I and I know. I know. Here's what's funny about it. When I was putting up your license number and I looked at the digits, I was like, oh, he, yeah, I said, this brother's been it in it for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I have been. I have been. And uh, fast forwarding, you know, moving forward, I did, uh, I, uh, 1990 happened. That was the, there was a, a drop in the market back in 1990. And there were lots of foreclosures out there. So mm. I decided to get a contractor's license. And that was back in 1992. Mm -hmm. And I started buying and selling properties as long as, uh, as, excuse me, as well as being a loan officer. And uh, it's worked out well. It has worked yeah. out well. So contractor's license, uh, loan officer license, and with a specialty and focus on doing reverse mortgages. That is correct. That's awesome. That is that is awesome. And, you know, when I think about just kind of everything you have tied together, I definitely can see how that that works well for you. Uh, that definitely gives you some access and some avenues to funding and financing and understanding numbers. You know, and that's one of the things that you and I talk about when you're asking me, you know, how much is it and what area? And, you know, you say to me, all right, well, I'll, let me run the numbers. <laughs> Right. Let, let right. me run the numbers and see if it That's makes sense. Part. Yes. But, you know, also, uh, the way that uh, L.A. is changing, I'm sure if you live here in L.A., you can see all the construction. Right. And you can see uh, all of the uh, infrastructure construction that's going on, not just on uh, real property, but, you know, in our infrastructure, we're seeing subways and widening of streets and repaving and lots of things happening in uh in the LA area. Right. And what I tell people, uh, clients, when they're purchasing, and many people will qualify for one area, but they want to live in another area. And you, you've probably seen that, Lisa. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. You know, I, I caution them and advise them strongly that they, what they have to do is look at what an area is going to be, not what it is now. Ooh, okay, let me, I've got to pause there. Look at what an area is going to be, not what it is now. Ugh. Absolutely. And do you know how many people did that for, like, me and probably you too? When yes. I was a little boy, they, my mother and other people would say, ooh, what are we going to do with him? Right. They look at me today and before my grandmother passed away, she was like, wow, I'm really proud of you. Yes. So, you know, you got you to kind of do that with real estate in areas of Los Angeles. Right. And you and, know what? Uh, Here's what's the beautiful thing about that, Tim. I... I have been sharing that I've, I've had a gift of vision for the nonprofit and with the show and with the real estate literacy and the movement. But having gone and visited, doing the work that I do has afforded me the opportunity to travel and visit various areas. And it's the same thing, Tim. It's looking at yeah. looking at what the area is going to be, not what it is now. 
And that is what is setting people apart. That is what's distinguishing those who are, you know, have an opportunity. And, and I think this is why artists, visionaries, creators, builders are so important because people will say, and, and that's what I kept hearing on my trip, Tim, they kept saying, this was a piece of dirt. Now look at it. And I'm like, everything was a piece of dirt at some point. Right. <laughs> well, let me say this, you know, what's even more important is how we see ourselves. We can see ourselves mm. and uh, where we are now and what we've gone through. And it might not be uh, the best, but it's about what we can be and what, where we can go. So it's the same thing. Um, that's why I, I mentioned that. We can look at ourselves in the same way, what we are going to be. Mm. And uh, you have to start. And if if uh, your goal is to be a real estate owner or if your goal is to make a lot of money, you have to walk, talk, and act like the person that you want to be. Step into it. Yeah. I love it. Yes. Yeah. And see, that goes again, hand in hand with you're hitting all these points and all these things that I've been doing just to share and embody the overall message so that people can see it as something tangible. And I, I have a show on Tuesday, Tim, called Shift Your Thinking Tuesdays. And I say, regardless of how many tools or guests or information or arming and empowering you that I do with real estate terms, concepts, deals, facts, if your mind, if the self-esteemed, the mindset and your self-worth and value isn't there, I am not useful to you. My colleagues will not be useful to you. My network will not be useful to you. It starts with from within. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I'm beyond pleased right now because again, it's not Lisa saying it. <laughs> Listen to Tim; he's been doing this since the '80s. <laughs> and I'm not the I'm not the only person. I mean, there have been people before me that uh, have, have said the same thing. It's uh, it's about what you can be and Right. We, we become? Yes, absolutely. Real simple stuff. So you have to see yourself. You have to walk, talk, and act like a person of success. Ooh. Ooh. I call that moment real estate gems. Hashtag real estate gems. We are on with Timothy Campbell. If you're just joining us, Timothy Campbell, reverse market specialist. And we're delving into some heavy stuff in terms of real estate value. And again, this goes to looking at you as the real estate. You, it starts with you first. Oh my goodness. And you've, if you've just tuned in, if you've missed some gems, be sure to catch us on the replay. We are available on podcasts everywhere. And that's what's so exciting. So get hit to what we're doing on the show, Ready, Set, Real Estate. Tim, share with us, as, as, as I said, it was very significant to actually have you on a show um, to touch on reverse mortgages. And I wanted to talk about some pros. And you talked about um, buying property and just kind of sitting on equity. So share with us what that means in terms of those who are eligible to use the product. And this is a senior product. And you said age 62 and up, right? Correct. Okay. Uh, there are reverse mortgages for you can purchase a home with a reverse mortgage. If you're 62 years old and you put about 40 to 45 percent down on a property. 
property that you purchased, you never have to make a mortgage payment again as long as you're alive. Wow. And you say that's so easy. What's involved? <laughs> well, it's, you know, there is a qualification, but the qualification is not like it is with a forward mortgage. With a reverse mortgage, the qualifications are uh, making sure that the borrower has the capacity to pay their taxes and insurance, and the capacity to pay the, their utilities around the house. And that, uh, those things were not tested in reverse mortgages of uh, 10 years ago. And that kind of gave reverse mortgages a bad name because uh, they would loan, uh, you know, an elderly person money against their home, and they would get in the lump sum, and they would spend it shortly. Now they have to. Uh, there are guidelines that we have to adhere to uh, to make certain that the money lasts. Is, is not really another way to say it. Right. There are lines of credit, and the lines of credit that uh, you get can actually grow as the equity. Wow, the lines of credit can grow as your equity grow. So here's it's something that popped to my mind, especially because I think understanding what someone is getting into with a reverse mortgage, and I think the con or the negative uh, perspectives have been coming from people feeling like, oh, I guess not being clear, and you said something very, you pointed out, as long as you're paying there, you still do, property taxes are still due. You're not gonna get rid of that. <laughs> that still has to be paid. You have utilities, you have to have your gas on, your minimum standards for your home, and you have to occupy the property at least 181 days out of every year. And you, at minimum, have to occupy the property at least 181 days out of the year. Out of every year, correct. Out of every year, okay. And see, I didn't know that, and that was good. That's good. I didn't know that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, reverse mortgages are non-recourse loans. Mm -hmm. In other words, um, let's say one day uh, you, you have a reverse mortgage and um, values drop again, and, and you owe, and I'm just going to use a number of a borrower owes, let's say $500,000, but the house is only worth 400000 that one hundred thousand that is uh, what's the word I want to use? Uh, the one hundred thousand that's owed is it's not recourse. So they do not uh, you're not you only pay off which what the uh, house appraises for. So if it if it if it comes in for less than what is actually owed, the delinquent amount is wiped away. Okay, so say that last. Yeah, say that last part again. So you have a house. Yeah. The house is worth four hundred thousand, and you owe five hundred thousand on your reverse mortgage. That delinquent uh, one, the, the one hundred thousand that uh, it won't be paid off is non-recourse. In other words, it doesn't it stay with you. It's not going to go on your credit. You're not responsible for it. Hmm. Okay. Another great thing about uh, the reverse mortgage is when the borrower passes on, their family can purchase. Uh, they have an option of paying off the loan and keeping the house. They can, uh, a family member can purchase the house for 95% of uh, well, what's owed on it. Or if there's equity there, they can, keep, they, um, they can sell the house and the estate to keep the equity. And that's very, very important. Let me reiterate that for those who have been feeling like 
the bank or the lender takes the house when the person transitions. That's the first thing I hear flying out the mouth, flying out the neck, Tim, is that the bank is taking the house. However, you just stated the family has an opportunity to purchase, buy back the home because again, with the reverse mortgage, the homeowner has essentially tapped into and the equity in the property and took has taken out a mortgage on the property that has to be paid back. And so you're saying the family can pay pay back or buy it back at how much? What was it? 95%? 95% of value. So they can refinance the house. They can purchase the house. They can refinance the house or purchase the house. And then, of course, like you said, or sell the house. Because oftentimes uh, what I'm seeing is the cost of living in various places in high markets are causing implants in other places. So a lot, a lot of times where people have grown up, especially in LA, uh, the children don't live here anymore and they don't want the property. So they will opt for selling the house. I think we have to put a lot of those things in perspective when people are hearing that the beneficiaries are selling the property. Well, oftentimes the beneficiaries don't live here and don't plan on coming back here. <laughs> They're looking at the cost of living in relation to where they are and they don't want to incur property management. They just don't want to deal. So again, this is this whole show platform is about highlighting and educating, arming and empowering. When we're talking about reverse mortgages, no one's coming to take the house. Like there's a protocol. There's ways and steps. So yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it's no more, the bank doesn't own it anymore than uh, it would own a house of a person that has a board mortgage. Mm -hmm. So you owe the bank some money, you you actually own the own the home, but uh, you owe the bank money on that home and it's the same the same way with the reverse mortgage. It's same principle, right? I see I'm so glad you said that. It's no different than when you own a forward mortgage that the bank is not owning per se the property. Um, you own it, you owe them. And with a reverse mortgage, you own the property and you owe them, you owe them uh, a certain amount. Very, very good, very, very good. I'm, that alone, I'm so happy that we've touched on it. And for those of you who know someone, especially seniors who may have opted or might be thinking about taking out a reverse mortgage, Make sure you have a conversation with a reverse mortgage specialist and or a realtor and um, perhaps your team, the real estate attorney as well, because um, all, oftentimes what we're seeing, too, is there are living trusts on the property. Right. So this is what I'm hearing is that you can do a reverse on a property that has a living trust. That's not true. That's not true. There it is. Very good. Very good. Tim. You know, reverse, I'm, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I want you to finish. Go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say that, uh, you know, if you, with Social Security, if you wait a little bit longer, sometimes if you wait until you're 62 and if you wait until you're 65 or 66, you'll get X percent more Social Security for the rest of your life. A reverse mortgage can help fill that gap if you are, you know, having it. 
It could be, right. And again, it each it's a case by case. This is not a one size fits all. I want to say that disclaimer. And I oftentimes as a professional get asked that question all the time, Tim, what do you think about a reverse mortgage? And I say, it depends on the person. It depends on the family. It depends on what are the family's goals? Um, because as part of the, doing a reverse mortgage, my um, there's there's a counseling happening, right? There's there's oh, a re- there's there a required before we can before we can even take a loan application there is a counselor and it's a counselor that is independent of me independent of my company and they give you the pros and cons of reverse mortgage before we can even take an application. Reverse mortgages have changed so much and they're so strict uh, and when I say strict it's for the benefit of the borrower. For the benefit of the borrower, right? Again. Absolutely. Again, and and that's, see, this is why I'm in my happy space right now, Tim, because I've got you on the line. We are, we've got you debunking all these, you know, these, oh, it's just so much misinformation that's being put out there. And again, Lisa is not saying, I'm not rooting for you to go do it. I just said it is a case by case and it is dependent on the family's needs. It's dependent on the owner's needs because oftentimes we, I find people don't have beneficiaries. They don't have children. So it's either going to be the bank could be a beneficiary or a charity or organization. And I'm going to, or a nonprofit. I'm definitely advocating for those of you to, we are happy to be a percentage of the nonprofit, uh, a percent beneficiary as a nonprofit. And that can, you can do that. You can do that with your bank accounts, anything. So again, can I, give, can I give another example? I want you to, please. Okay. First off, if there are questions or you want to contact me, please go to uh, like my website, www.lifemortgagefunding, L-I-F-E, mortgage funding. Because I can do loans from your first time, if you're a first time home buyer, I can do your loan, VA, uh, refinances, purchases, um, and reverse mortgages as well. So lightmortgagefunding.com is my web address. And feel free to contact me or fill out an application. And I have a link there that answers many of the questions. But I'd be more than happy to talk to you about it, uh, you know, if you're specific. Okay, but the, what I was going to say was, let's say you're 62 years old. And, or you're 65 and you have retired and you, you have a mortgage payment on your home and you'd like to get rid of that mortgage payment, you can get a reverse mortgage, refinance it, and uh, never make a mortgage payment again. So if you your mortgage payment were $2,500 per month, that's an extra $2,500 a month that could uh, you know, change someone's life right. for the better by not having to make a mortgage payment again. Right. Yeah. It's that happens. And I'm sure you do. It's a lifestyle, especially because something that you address. And I'm going to bring us back to the beginning before we kind of close this off, because uh, time. I didn't I say 20 minutes goes by so quickly. <laughs> right. Good, good. So one of the things that you mentioned was every day, 10,000 people turn 65. And not only is that happening, but they're living longer. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. However, when Social Security was uh, originally created, the lifespan for the average American was 65 years old. 
However, listen to that. However, when the social security system was created, the average lifespan was 65. So now we have a huge gap in terms of lifestyle, being able to carry on lifestyle, just basics too, right? And and we see this. Absolutely. We see this all the if time. Here, if you live here in LA, we just saw a 12 cents a gallon uh, gas tax that went on on the gas. We have special gas here in California, which makes the average gallon of gas with 350 a gallon right now. Right. <laughs> Rents are continually going up. People are living longer. And Social Security, we're, we're still using it the way it was Right. Right. I want to ask you one more question. It might be two more. So especially because we talked about you just mentioned cost of living and we were talking about this locking in cost of living and people are saying, oh, my gosh, but it's so expensive. That word is so relative. (laughs) It's so relative. Touch on what touch on what we were sharing about in terms of cost of living, locking that in, go, you go ahead. Yeah, well, the example that I was sharing with Lisa earlier was um, my parents. Back in 1967, they, lived, they uh, purchased a home and they had four kids. My father was a teacher, my mother um, was a stay-at-home mom and their mortgage payment was $180 a month. Back in 1967, that was substantial. That was, uh, let's say it was expensive. It was modest at the time, but it was still uh, a big hunk of their income was the home that they lived in. Right. Fast forward 50 years. Do I have to say anything? $180 barely gets your car payment. Right. <laughs> that's a gas. Right? That's a tank of gas for a week, depending on the car you drive. It could be gas for a week or so, yeah. I mean, the car, uh, they purchased a new car, and the, and the payment on the car, I think, was. relative. So locking in, uh, what we were talking about is locking in your living expenses now by getting involved with with real estate. It it just just makes total sense. Not to include the other benefits that go along with it, such as, uh, you know, probably 80-85% of a mortgage is interest for the first 10 years. So you get to write off up to, what is it now, it's up to so the the first mortgage up to seven hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, yeah. So the mortgage interest and in terms of property taxes, it's um, property taxes and a collective of state and local taxes up to ten thousand dollars. So, but like you said, yeah. Um, when we're looking at for the most part in the country, up to seven fifty on the first mortgage, that's still a lot of people, and you, it's still a, it's still. Yeah, it's still it's still an added benefit. So don't be dissuaded by the tax reform feeling like, it, it, you know, home ownership is no longer attractive anymore. It it's definitely. Yeah, it's not true. So, again, see, we've touched and covered on a whole bunch of misconceptions and debunking. We're going to leave them right there with that. If they'd like to learn more, you can definitely connect with Tim. Uh, phone number, Tim. Or you could go to the website, Life Mortgage Funding, 
Absolutely. See, see who's in your network. <laughs> I, I just I had an opportunity to just kind of mention that in terms of the people that I bring on is, you know, I, I'm I've got to be I, I've got to be a good steward at this to uh, Tim, you know, because I've been entrusted with this. And so it's very important that I'm we're arming as, as well as empowering, uh, but we're just not doing that with faux pas, right? <laughs> right. So thank and, you. And, and Go we ahead. Are, we, we, I was just going to say that, uh, you know, I eat my own cookies. I, I actually own a substantial amount of real estate. I love what I do. I mean, uh, at least it's the same way. Tim, I yeah. Yeah, Tim definitely does. And um, it, it is it is so amazing how you get connected with people of like minds again, and I think that comes from what you had shared, right? As you think it, and 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 walking into that, but you you addressed it has to be it has to come again from the I am real estate, and for those who are connected with me know what that technique is. It's a technique we do through the workshop that I do with the children, and Tim, that's part of. Everything that we do, it's just making sure people are tapping into the I am real estate. <laughs> the end that, that I am, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Any last yeah. remarks in closing as we wrap this up? I'm just uh, this. I'm so full. I'm so full. I'm happy because you touched on all you touched on just a snippet of things that I'm always pressed about in terms of what about and what if and what do you think? And uh, you touched on it. And, and if there are specific case by case situations, that warrants a phone call, you guys. Call the specialist. I appreciate that. Thanks so much. Absolutely. All right. So we will see you next week on Ready, Set, Real Estate. Thank you for tuning in. This has been another powerful, powerful episode on Ready, Set, Real Estate.